All that way, your journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before we fully dive into things, I would love to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already, that we get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, let's get into it, right? So, if you tuned in last week uh, to, to the vlog, uh, you know that um, you know I was working on various things, but also that I was going to have a birthday celebration. Well, unfortunately, that birthday celebration was over before it ever began. And, you know, there's a lot of takeaway in that um, and, you know, a lot of life lessons. But let's sort of backtrack about what actually happened. So, you know, for the weekend, uh, essentially the birthday aspect of it was going to be on Saturday. So it was going to be like an all-day affair where we went to the Academy Museum, we went bowling, and then, you know, we ended up um, at a bar for drinks. And, you know, people can come to one, come to some, come to all you know, whatever they wanted to, right? It was pick and choose your own adventure sort of a thing. But I was going to obviously be at all three. Now, in order to to do that, um, you know, I needed to obviously have someone dog sit my foster diamond um, because, you know, I mean, in theory, it would have been doable to, you know, come back and forth, but that would have been just the most annoying thing in the world. And, you know, for me, what I was really looking forward to it on the weekend was to just kind of have some freedom of responsibility and just do what I essentially wanted to do. So what I had done was I had booked uh, a dog sitter that I use, um, you know, and have used a, a lot of times that I trust. And, you know, I was going to drop off Diamond My Foster on Friday, and then I was going to, you know, just have the rest of the day off, you know, go to the movies, run some errands, stuff like that, then have all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and I'm going to pick her up, um, you know, Monday. And that was going to be the game plan. Now, you know, as I usually do, I um, I notify like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm about 30 minutes out, you know, um, blah, blah, blah. And then I got to the place and I hadn't heard back. I, you know, I wrote that I'm here. I rang the doorbell. And I wasn't getting a response. So I was like, okay, that's strange. That doesn't normally happen. Maybe, you know, um, maybe they're tied up. So, you know, I essentially went to a park and just kind of, you know, walked around with Diamond and stuff like that, you know, just kind of eating out the clock, so to speak, you know, and, you know, kind of touching base and via via text and being like, hey, is everything okay? You know, um, are you still good to like dogs with Diamond? I just wasn't hearing back. And, you know, this is someone that, like I said, I, I, I trust. And so at that point, it's no longer a matter, like, it's not like they're trying to screw me over. It's more of a matter, oh, they must have some sort of emergency, and I hope everything's okay. Um, you know, and so, and I was kind of like in this limbo because I didn't know, like, it could be a shorter short thing, like, and something could be easily resolved, or, you know, who knows, right? Like, you're, you're in the midst of the unknown. And so, kind of, uh, after about an hour, I was like, okay, I've, I've waited enough, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go back home, and, you know, kind of just 
wait it out a little bit, see if I hear anything back. Um, you know, and a couple more hours went by and I hadn't heard anything back. So I was like, okay, well, um, at that point, you know, uh, so I usually book through Rover. Um, and so at that point, you know, I was already contacting Rover of like, Hey, you know, um, do you have contact to them? Like, do you know what's going on? Uh, you know, um, stuff like that. They hadn't gotten a response, you know, further confirming like this probably is a something going on that's relatively serious. Um, and yeah, it just kind of kind of went from there. And, you know, at that point I was like, okay, well, it's been a couple hours. Um, you know, let me get the, let me start by getting the refund for this. Um, you know, and as all these companies are kind of apt to do, it's, uh, it's quite a process just to get the refund. Um, you know, they, they, they always try to like, it's very easy to pay them, you know, and for them to take out money and even, you know, whether or not it's the same amount, it's irrelevant to them. Um, not saying that they took out more, but you know, it's just funny how that sometimes works, um, in various capacities, but to get the refund, you know, was a bit of a process as it usually is with companies because they want to hold on to your money. They don't want to give it back. You know, so I was going through that um, while trying to figure, you know, things out. And of course, like the option exists, like, okay, hey, um, you know, I can find another dog sitter and stuff like that. Um, but because there's, you know, you for me, I'm very selective with, like, I, I don't have another like plan B, particularly of, okay, if, you know, this person is unavailable, then I can just call this person, right? Uh, and, you know, in order to have a good dog sitter, I would have needed to, you know, check them out and stuff like that. And that would have taken up more time. And, and you know, it, it, it could have been somebody that, that I booked for the rest of the weekend, but I certainly needed somebody for Saturday. And just the way things were going, um, it was just taking up so much time. It was exhausting. And, you know, the whole point of my weekend was, or at least that I wanted was to have it be stress-free. Really, really, that was like the point of all where I didn't want to have to get up early, you know, on Saturday to walk the dog. I didn't want to have to, you know, like I, I just didn't, I just wanted to have be stress-free and have as little responsibility as possible. And, you know, already just finding a dog sitter at this point was not challenging, but certainly annoying, Right. And it got to a point where I was like, this, this just isn't worth it for me. Like, I'd rather just, you know, scrap it and, you know, call it it because it just really was, um, you know, the salvage for me wasn't, okay, can I make um, Saturday work? The salvage was for me was to have it be as stress-free as possible, okay? And I think that's what, you know, a couple of my friends were like, hey, you know, this is, and I'm like, Listen, it's already, I've already spent, the amount of time I've spent on this on Friday has already been hours, right? And it's been annoying and I've got no answers and this and that. And so unless you actually have a solution besides like, oh, it'll work out um, or like, you know, just find another dog sitter. It's like, that's not very, like, what do you think I'm trying to do? And yeah, so to me, it just became easier to cancel everything and just have it be that way. Um, 
as opposed to anything else. And, you know, you could say like, okay, I could have kept at least one of the things, um, you know, the bar being the most obvious because people were going to go to that, you know, most people were going to go to that, you know, but for me, it was like, that was the least interesting part. And it really was designed as a whole. And like I said, it was supposed to be stress-free and not that like, you know, I could certainly leave uh, Diamond alone, um, you know, for a few hours and go to the bar, right? Like that wouldn't have been a problem, but just, I was just so disinterested in that, you know, like that I had a different vision and I was disinterested in that. And, you know, this, it may come off as petty in that way, but, you know, Byron Katie in an interview was asked, you know, what is your job? And, you know, thinking, the, the interviewer thinking that she would say to heal people or whatever other sort of purposeful thing that one might, you know, consider as a job, especially if they're, you know, earning money by helping people, right? But she actually said to, to be happy, you know, not threw off the interview or like to be happy, right? And she really views that as her job and, and really is all of our jobs is to make ourselves happy. And so, you know, it was something in that moment that I was reminded of like, yeah, my job is to make myself happy. And, and this has already been the opposite of stress-free. You know, I know I'm not going to enjoy just being at the bar and stuff like that. I, I don't want to be just doing it just to do it, just to appease people. Um, so I was like, it's just, it's just all canceled. And I'd rather just hang out, uh, uh, work on my script, you know, take Diamond on a hike and, you know, make the best of it. Um, and that's what I did, you know. Uh, and on Sunday, you know, or Saturday, as, as I, was, I was like, hey, you know what? If anybody wants to join me for a movie, you know, I'm going to go see this movie and then go to a local bookstore, which might not sound like exciting stuff to others, but that, that was my form of, you know what, I'm going to, this is like what I would like to do. I'm going to enjoy myself. And if you want to join me, up to you, right? And, uh, you know, not surprising, not many takers on that. But yeah, I think, I think in many ways we, we, we do fall into this trap where we try to appease others as opposed to ourselves um, and so forth. And yes, what I'd love to see everybody and hang out with people that I haven't seen in a while, or even if I, you know, they're close friends that I do get to see, like, it's just, you know, great to share those memories. And that side of it is unfortunate. But, you know, at the end of the day, I can't be mad at, you know, what happened. There's no, you know, it's not like the dog sitter planned this and was out to like, mess things up for me, you know, they were gen and we've talked since and, you know, they were very apologetic and, and things of that nature. And, you know, they, they, they certainly feel very sorry. And I'm like, you know, what, what's the point, right? Like, A, it's not their fault. And B, what is me being mad at them? Like, I think we, we try to too often have a source of, you know, something at fault or something to blame. But for what? What, what is that going to accomplish, you know? And so that's why for me, I just made the switch of, well, what's going to make me happy, right? And... You know, I think there's a big lesson in that in general is, you know, I think we try to appease many people a lot. And I think, you know, don't get me wrong, um, there's a side where 
we should be there for people and, and, and be helpful and stuff like that. Um, and I certainly find joy in doing such things. But this, you know, it got to a place where, like, if I move forward with this, it's just going to be an obligation, right? And I don't know. When you think about happiness, you, you, there's this side of it that can be considered where you're just abdicating responsibility and you're shutting yourself off to the horrors of the world, right? If we're going to extend this out to a larger context. And certainly that can be viewed that way, but I also say, you know, I think if more people did focus on being happy as their primary job, there would be a lot less conflict in the world, you know? Um, and I mean, you know, I mean, true happiness in, you know, happiness in the full embodiment of spirituality and enlightenment where you exude love, you know, it, I'm, I'm not talking about a, uh, a bastardized form of happiness that brings pain and suffering onto others. I mean, one that is inherently aligned with our true selves that doesn't compete with others' ability to be happy. Uh, I really do believe that. And I know it sounds very out there and, you know, sort of distance from perhaps reality and, you know, nice in theory, but what the hell does that mean in practice? But there are practical steps to get to that. I mean, you know, um, certainly therapy and, you know, that's the, the, the search for meaning in life and reading uh, nonfiction books and, you know, stuff like that and just wanting to learn is a step forward towards that, right? So, yeah, I think it's just a way forward and, you know, uh, ultimately people will understand. Um, you know, I don't think in the end anyone's upset for me having canceled anything, you know, if they are, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, it's, but I'm not gonna lose sleep over it, you know, um, you know, people can think what they think, but, um, you know, I'll still be there for them and, and we'll still be friends and things like that. But if you want to be mad at me, you know, when, yeah, like, I, th I think sometimes people do just in their best of ways, try to be helpful, but it's like, unfortunately, it's not helpful, right? And, you know, um, so yeah, I'm, I, it was over before it began, but that's okay. Um, you know, I still enjoyed it, and it was what it was. And, you know, there again, talk about, like, not helpful things, you know, when someone calls you, like, hey, this dog's really kind of ruined your life and stuff like that. And I'm like, it's not ruining my life, it's just, you know, this dog is my responsibility. Um, you know, my intent is still to find Diamond the best forever home. It's just taking longer. Um, that is the case, you know, we're, we're, we're basically at four months together. And, you know, what am I going to do, right? Like, I am its caretaker and I can't just, you know, say F it, right? Um, it's also another reason why I'm not just going to put her in any random uh, place 
you know, that I haven't myself vetted because, you know, I don't, I don't want to set her back, you know, um, and just throw her in a kennel and she'll just be there and so forth. Like if she's going to be taken care of by anyone, I, I want it to be by a person that I trust, by a place that uh, I can stand behind and, and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah, that's just kind of the way it is. On the plus side of things, um, you know, um, on Sunday, I did go to this bookstore that I discovered. And apparently it's a really cool bookstore that a lot of people love. It's called Open Book. It's in Woodland Hills. You know, that all, it basically only applies if you live in L.A. specifically. But, you know, if you do, I recommend it. Check it out. Um, I guess the greater point is, you know, visit your local libraries. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff they do, that they have, um, you know, and, the, and sometimes, you know, a lot of times, like, the books that they have are so vast and great, and they're used copies, so you can get them for cheaper, you know, uh, and I, I really love that, I, I appreciate that, so I went with a friend, and, you know, we kind of spent just time searching through book bookstores, like, I usually only go through bookstores by myself, but it was great to have you know, another person and, you know, be like, hey, you know, have you ever read this author or, you know, you ever heard of this book and blah, 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 and just kind of, you know, picking and choosing. And uh, I got some books from them of like, hey, you need to read this. And, you know, I saw some books that I'd read that I really enjoyed and I put put it on their pile. And yeah, that, that is my idea of fun. That is my idea of being happy. So, uh, yeah. All right, um, so shifting gears away from the birthday aspect of all of this, uh, I'm happy to share that with my forthcoming movie, The Arbiters, which is an animated feature film in the style of like Hayao Miyazaki, I, along with my team, right? I mean, it's primarily my team. I, 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 I do the easy part of this we have completed all the main character sketches, right? That's a, that's a big milestone because we've been doing this since since the since December of 2022, right? So it's been quite the journey to get from that stage to now this. Um, and it's not just like, I mean, as far as like when I say main character designs, I mean, not just, you know, the protagonist and the antagonist, I'm talking about all the side characters as well that have significant roles. So we're talking we're talking 14 character sketches. And the process for us was okay, you know, I I had, you know, created these little descriptions of what I was going for. But I pulled images from the internet as reference points and even tried to do some iterations through Midjourney just to give them my idea. And then I would send to them. They would come up with some pencil sketches. Then I would send feedback on that. Then they would, you know, revise it, add color to it, send it back. I would take that and, um, you know, give them more notes. And then we got to a final design. Now, final being the sort of false term in that because of course they're not final. Everything's apt to change, you know, I mean, when I say that we started this in December of 2022, that's still 
at a phase where I barely had an outline for the entire project. You know, there was no even first draft of the script. So through this process, you know, as we got to the later characters, I had a better idea of the look and feel of them because the story was more fleshed out. But it was kind of symbiotic because the more character design sketches I had, at least, you know, however rough, then I could look at that and it and gave me an idea. I like I could visualize that person and I could see them within the scenes and have a better idea of how they would react, therefore elevating the plot and so forth. So, you know, it, it all elevates each other. And, you know, now that I'm coming to the second draft of the script near completion, we're essentially now that, that, that we've done all these character sketches, what we're going to do is, you know, right now we're on pause with any animation. Once I have the second draft of the script done, then we're all going to, you know, look at everything. You know, they're going to read the script um, and then we're going to reassess the character designs and, and the best way to proceed forward from there. So that's very exciting. Um, I look forward to that, right? And, you know, obviously the script will have changes inevitably, but what I'm sort of honing in on is what are the things that are like locked in that no matter what changes with the script, this is what we're going to have. And certainly the main characters themselves, like these are the characters, right? They may change in appearance and stuff like that, but like an overall their essence, this is who they're going to be. Um, there's certain locations of like, you know, this is one that's like locked in no matter what happens, this will be in the script. So we can start to do some of that, right? Now, taking a step back, um, you know, if we want to track the progress of my script writing, so, you know, each week I kind of give you a benchmark. And so right now I'm on bullet point number 90. Uh, I, I just completed 91, so I'm on bullet point 92. And there's 117 bullet points in the outline. As I mentioned as a caveat, each week not all bullet points are weighted equally, you know, some can amount to uh, half a page, others are like seven pages long, right? So, um, and the hard ones are, not that the hard ones are only in the back half, you know, of what's coming up, but, uh, you know, the ending of the movie is the stuff that I've spent the least time really polishing because, you know, any, any pass at an outline, a script, I'm always starting at the beginning, right? You know, I'm working my way there. And then usually I'll get to a place where it's just like, okay, the wheels have come off. So let me go back to the beginning and strengthen. So I'm excited to finesse the, the ending. And, you know, even though it may take longer than what's preceded it, it's okay. You know, um, we're at the final stages and uh, it's exciting. You know, and, and it, it, it is a, like, I try not to think of like what's ahead because it can be daunting of that, of, you know, I, I mean, I, I got to write the climax, you know, this is where everything's got to come together. And there's still like right now, I'm in the midst of writing a battle scene um, that takes the, the characters then to the, their new location when they really solidify, okay, the, the final confrontation, let's say, uh, 
and so forth. Like, if you knew the story and you could be in my head, you'd know like all the stuff still left to do, right? So even though we're on 92 of 117, that chunk, like what's left, very significant chunk, right? As you hope every single bit of it is, right? Like that, that's the ideal is that, you know, a story, whether in written form or visual form, never drags. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, we, we've got a lot left still. And, um, but it's exciting, you know, it's exciting to be approaching that finish line and doing it in a way that, uh, that I feel like the script is relatively strong. Not to say that there's not changes and, and so forth. And I'm, you know, but it's like, for me, I have to kind of keep going through it, you know, commit to, you know, this was the intent. Let's just see, let, 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 essentially test this idea, right? So let's get to the finish line and then go back to my collaborators and let's see what we um, come up with, right? You, you know, and, and let them decide of like, okay, hey, I know you were going for this. I don't think this works as strongly. I think you can take this out. I think you can elevate this by doing X, Y, and Z, all that fun stuff, right? So, um, that's exciting, you know, so we'll, I'll keep, I'll keep you updated on that. You know, in the ideal world, I would just, you know, at the pace that I've been going, you would think that by next week I would be done with it. We'll see. Uh, as I said, that not all things are weighted equally. Um, and I am, you know, as I'm writing this, there's, you know, ideas that still come to mind that, you know, I sort of jot down and, uh, it wouldn't like reshift the narrative too much. But what I would like to do is, like, I think they're easy enough notes where I finish this pass and then I could go back in real quick and, and essentially do a revision of the script um, to, to, you know, fix those elements, right? Uh, so that's kind of how I'm approaching it. And then I'll send it to, you know, my team. Just as a fun thing, um, you know, one of the things as I take my uh, daily walks with, uh, with Diamond the Pup is, you know, just kind of thinking about things. And, you know, one of the things I really love is the Animatrix, right? Well, I love anything in the Matrix, but uh, the Matrix, the Animatrix specifically is a series of short films that helps round out the world of the Matrix. And they're done in different styles and, you know, they tell different stories. But in particular, there's one called The Second Renaissance, which is told in two parts. And it's basically a history of the world, uh, of the Matrix, right? And it's a fun, like, you know, mini two-part documentary. I mean, each episode of, of that is, is about 10 minutes, so a 20-minute total. And, you know, I think there's moments and aspects to my story that that is applicable, right? You know, doing certain um, things as news reports, doing certain things as like mini documentaries. Um, you know, there's there's an aspect of um, where the world's memories are preserved, let's say. And, you know, so like the idea of like a second renaissance feels similar to like how I can approach it where, you know, the world's memories from, from beginning to end, or at least current time is shared. And I think those are aspects that can be utilized for the arbiters, which would be very exciting, you know, but again, 
right now it's just all ideas in my head. Um, you know, the main thing is getting the script done because and and polished, right? Not just done, but but really in a good place because without that as the source material, all this other stuff is meaningless. All right, shifting gears, um, I do want to talk about I had finally published my first Substack newsletter this past week. You can check it out at philsvtech.substack.com. And, you know, in many ways, like I could, like in thinking about it, there's a very easy way to break it up where it's a weekly newsletter instead of a monthly newsletter. But, and then the reason I say that is because it features 11 mini articles from like creative challenges, artist highlights, um, tools that artists can utilize, sort of looking at the industry as a whole, you know, or various aspects of it. It's got some movie recommendations and, and things like that. So it's got a lot in there, and I plan to do it every single month. So we'll see how it kind of evolves and stuff like that. But, you know, my, my goal was it just felt easier to do a once a monthly thing as opposed to, you know, once a week thing. And But, but because it was once a month, I wanted to make sure I had as much like bang for your buck um, as possible. So that's why, you know, there's 11 things um, in there. And that just f- feels right. Um, I'm very proud of it. Um, you know, it's not, it's obviously something new for me, um, but I, I do like writing, obviously like sharing information. And so it's, it's enjoyable to write in a, like literally write um, in a different medium, you know, or post something in a different medium, you know, in this case, the written word versus, you know, speaking like this. So that's exciting. Um, check that out if you're curious. As I said, um, you know, it's going to be once a month and it's something that I'm looking forward to. And I did a video a while ago on why I think Substack is a viable just sort of outlet for artists, you know, and they, they should sort of look at it because I think a lot of people do have their newsletters through MailChimp or Constant Contact, but I think Substack is uh, is becoming superior. And even if you don't have a newsletter, like, you know, I was talking with my friend who's a film critic. I said, you do all, you, you write up your entire speech, essentially, before you videotape yourself. Why not put those up in written form? Like, you already have it, so put it up as a Substack newsletter, and I think, you know, you'll get a different audience um, than just your video stuff. So, yeah, very exciting. Uh, speaking of just things in general, you know, while we're talking about uh, the administrative stuff uh, coming out or coming up rather on November 17th, I'll be doing my monthly group coaching session through Patreon. So patreon.com slash philsvitek. One of the perks is that, you know, each month we do a group coaching session. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's only $10 a month, right? So there's only one tier, right? So everyone gets the same thing. This is one of the perks. Um, you know, the other perks are like behind the scenes stuff. Like, you know, I talked about the arbiters and the, and the character sketches. Well, you can actually view those, you know, and you can kind of track that journey a little bit more through my Patreon. So feel free to check that out. Okay. 
let's talk about uh, the the my coaching aspect of you know life. So not my projects, but others' project. And if you'll remember last week, I shared that I was helping a friend with their documentary. They've been working on this for a while, and um, they were trying to get over the finish line. And so what I had said to them, like, hey, uh, you know, I can help you, but it'll be easier just to um, just to show you rather than just tell you, right? In terms of what I think needs to be changed to elevate it, right? Because it's it's, it's a nebulous thing to wrap your head around, uh, and some, you know, even for me, like to write out the notes to have them make any sense and be actionable would have taken way longer than to just do them. And that's what I kind of said at the end of last week's vlog was, I'm gonna take their final output, you know, the, the, the video file, the single video file that's got everything married to it, and I'm just gonna do a very crude recut of it to illustrate exactly a, what I would do, you know, as, as a starting position. You know, it was never my, intent to like take this and you know get it all the way across the finish line part of it because again i was working off of a single video file and if you know video editing it's like you know uh it doesn't give me that much room to work with right like if i need to change out a shot i can't change out a shot you know if i cut from one segment to another and you know there's music underneath both elements now it's going to be a little bit jarring right but the idea was to to lay out the groundwork and so I had made it a point to, to do that. And so I set aside time <clears throat> and I was like, okay, I'm going to stick to two hours and see where the hell I get. Well, two hours go by and I'm not quite done, but I know I'm not that far off. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, like, let me just get this across the finish line. So in slightly less than three hours. I had taken their two-hour cut, reshuffled scenes um, that created, in my opinion, a better, better narrative flow. Um, I took out stuff that I felt dragged, that I felt was unneeded, that um, took away from what they were trying to tell. And if you remember last time, one of the main things I talked about was this idea that I was asking them questions. I wanted to know what is the movie they were trying to make, right? So this wasn't an edit that was self-serving to me of like, oh, well, I think this is how the movie should be. No, it was, what are you trying to achieve? Okay, cool. Based off of that, I can take what you've already created and make this, right? And the, the aspect of it for me, the, the, there's a couple of key takeaways. Number one, the three hours, you know, I'm not being paid to do this. Um, I, I didn't want to be paid to do this, um, but it is... I, I, I like these sort of exercises um, because it keeps me sharp, right? It, it gives me a chance to kind of look at something of like, how would I elevate it, right? So it's a creative challenge. The second aspect of it is, you know, it's essentially my donation. Like instead of giving money to the movie, this is a, a, a huge way that I can contribute. And I think... I'm able to do that, right, because of A, the years of experience that I have, and I think we underestimate practitioners. Meaning, you know, there's a lot of people that I respect, um, 
and stuff like that. But I think when it comes to coaches and teachers, I'd always rather gravitate towards the knowledge of someone actually walking the walk. So I'd much rather listen to someone talk about filmmaking that's done it, a la uh, Christopher Nolan or Robert Rodriguez, Wong Kar Wai, versus a film critic, let's say, right? Because one doesn't have the experience with it. And that's why it's easy for me to get in something like, I'll toot my own horn and I will like, not a lot of people I'm sure could, could, could do that. Like they might know that the movie needs to change and they might know that on, on a sort of overall level, what should happen in order to change it, but they wouldn't know all the specifics. That comes from a practitioner's experience. And I've been in a lot of those situations where, you know, it's come off sometimes in an arrogant where I'm like, I think this can be better. Um, you know, I've said it to, <laughs> and I remember there was a big sort of project with like a major company, you know, and they've, something that they've been developing for years and whatnot. And I was like, okay, I really appreciate what you guys did. I think I can elevate it. I think I can get it across the finish line. And that's a big thing that I try to, you know, tell people. Like what I told my friend in particular was, listen, what you did, right, allowed me to be able to reshuffle this. So I'm not coming in as this like hero all of a sudden and that like no one could have done this. You could have done this. It just would have taken you longer. You just couldn't separate the forest from the trees. And the reason why it took me less than three hours was because there was a very strong foundation overall. It just needed cleaning up, right? Um, And I think oftentimes when we talk about others, like some people sort of bastardize the process where like them as a coach or something like that will feel all high and mighty like that. And it's like that side of it really is the easier side. It's the doing, right? It's the stuff that my friend did for years and years to get to that point that is the real work of it. And for me to come in in three hours, like, you know, it all works because of the work that they put in. I can apply my skill set and my knowledge to that to help them along. And for, uh, you know, slight, let's say, let's just say three hours. For three hours worth of my time, the, you know, it's astronomical in terms of input versus output, right? Um, This will help them tremendously for, you know, yes, it's three hours of my time, but relatively low in terms of investment versus what the outcome of it will all be. And, you know, I could have very easily not done that. And been like, okay, you know, just whatever gave my opinion and walked away. But it is something that, you know, for me was easy to do. because, um, And so I was like, okay, well, let me just do it. And I think too oftentimes 
as I said, we, we, we sort of get caught up in this idea that we have to like just focus on ourselves, focus on ourselves. And I, I think we need to be part of that community, that artistic community. How can we expect others to help us if we're not going to be there for other people? And, you know, yes, some, some people might argue that I'd be further along if I didn't. But to me, again, I'm able to do the things that I do because I also do these things. Like, one informs the other. They're, they're not singular to me. They're all part of a greater whole. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, getting to work on that. Yeah, it's a creative exercise and, and, and works a different muscle and um, that that I haven't been utilizing in a little bit or I mean have, but it's just something different, right? And 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 again, for that small amount of time, for that small amount of effort, what it does for this movie and for, to help my friend is astronomical, right? You want that? It's like investing, low risk, high reward. That's what you want, not high risk, high reward, as they say. Uh, that's bullshit. You want you want low risk, high reward. That's what you ultimately want to do. But that was it was an exciting project to work on, and um, it was validating that one of their front friends, you know, saw both versions, and they were like, "This one's good," meaning mine. Um, and you know, I only worked on it for three hours, so it's not like I'm like saying, "Hey, here's the final movie." It is a starting point, and I. I I think that'll be the hard aspect of it and be a very interesting thing to observe is, you know, to what level um, my friend is willing to, you know, really just nose to the grindstone, get this to a place that's like, okay, this is, this is sharp. This is top notch, especially if the goal is to, you know, sell it to a streamer, like a, like a Hulu, Netflix or whatever, it's going to really have to sing. You're going to have to, you know, for that type of stuff, you have to give them every reason not to say no. So we'll see. But um, I can feel good about my participation. It's like, you know, whatever happens at this point, it's like I did I did what I could. Um, I tried to help in the best way, and, you know, the rest is up to them. So we shall see. Switching gears yet again. Um you know, I've talked about in indirect ways about my foster diamond. Um, by the way, I've, I've linked to her information if you or somebody you know um, is interested in her. Um, but last week, we um, I took her to her first Obedience 2 class. So she had graduated Obedience 1, and now we were in Obedience 2. And that was exciting, you know, Um because it does mark progress. And, you know, I've certainly seen her be better within the obedience one class over time, but to like essentially graduate and move on to a next level. And now her, you know, we've, we've so far we've done two obedience, two classes and, you know, even from one to the other, um, you know, there, there's progress and she's becoming a lot, a lot more obedient as the title implies. Um, and the other aspect, um, you know, now that we've graduated Obedience 1, that opens us up for other classes as well. Um, the other one being Agility, right? So she's never done a- Agility, but we did our first Agility class. And at first, you know, she didn't know all the things. You know, you got tunnels, you got t- tires you got to jump through. You got, you got um, 
you've got sort of the horse, and what I call like the horse barriers that you're jumping. Um, it's all kinds of different stuff. And man, by the third time, like she, she was looking like a pro. I mean, you know, not in the sense like that she could be timed, you know, and that she would be amazing, but like there was such a confidence to her going from the A-frame to the tire to the jump through the tunnel, you know, like she was really enjoying herself. And that was wonderful to see, you know. Um, and so, yeah, even though the intent is still to find her forever home, you know, part of all this is to make her more adaptable, but it's also, you know, why wouldn't I want that? You know, like while she's in my care, I want her to enjoy herself, you know, and, and to be full of confidence and and stuff like that. And so these obedience classes and now this agility class and everything that we've been trying to do, you know, brings her out of her shell, um, makes her more used to the world. That way she's not reactive or scared. Um, and I'm really proud of her, you know, she's, she's really coming a long way. And it does take time, right? Um, you know, as I said, at the top, she's been with me for about four months. And, you know, I think we have to understand that, like, I mean, th- these are living creatures, you know, they're like kids, like, you, you don't just expect a kid to come out of the womb, all of a sudden knowing everything, you know, you got to teach them, right? And no different with this, but the fact that, like, she's a stray, you know, her history is not unknown, and the fact that she's as sweet as she is, and able to do all the things that she's able to do, like, she really wants to work, um, and she really wants to please, like, that's, that's what gives her her joy, um, and when you can make that fun, such as agility class, like, she's in heaven, so that's been fun to see. So yeah, um, that's uh, that's kind of the week in a nutshell overall. Um, yeah, lots of uh, lots of stuff going on. Hope uh, hope this kind of gave you stuff to think about, stuff to help you out. Um, as always, you're welcome to comment down below. You know, ask any questions, give any opinions, you know, whether and it could be about any of the stuff that I've talked about or anything that you would like me to talk about in the future. I would love to you know, dive in whatever you'd like to talk about. Thank you, as always. I appreciate you. I'll see you next time.